Al Anderson Afternoons, the podcast. Okay, let's uh, talk to Dr. Cass Ingram. Uh, Doc has a new book out called Doctor's Guide to Wild Oregano Oil, 101 Uses. I've been hearing about oregano oil for quite a while now, and when I came across uh, Dr. Cass's book, I thought, well, let's get him on to talk about this. Uh, Good afternoon, Dr. Ingram. Good afternoon. Good to be with you. Yeah, so this uh, latest book of yours about wild oregano oil, can that help yes. with things like the flu? Because that's what we're in right now. There's a history of using natural medicine, of course, in the far north, like spruce and even things from pine sap. And, and oregano is just like that. It's a very hot, pungent, aggressive germicide. And it's safe. It's natural. Oil of wild oregano, you, you, it just knocks out the cold virus. We've done the studies uh, in humans and in the Petri dish. It kills it. And how do you use it? Where can you buy it? Well, A1 Nutrition, for example, Nutrition House, some of your higher quality uh, health stores, all in Winnipeg have it. You just take, ideally, the drops, you put them under the tongue. Let's say you're in the middle of flu and cold and congestion and junk and snotty. You just keep putting it there under, under, maybe rub a little under the nose, rub some on the chest. It's even safe. This P73 is what we used in the scientific studies. That one's just totally safe even for, like, a toddler. Uh, and even pregnant women, rubbing it on the feet, rubbing it on the chest, take it internally. You can, you know, people who are skittish, they can take it as a gel cap. And you just just keep taking it until you knock it out, and it does. Is there anything it's not good for? <laughs> well, it's good for any kind of congestion, allergy, you know, pneumonia, bronchitis, sinusitis, anything that's like fungal, bacterial, viral wounds. We've done some good work with like ulcers and bed sores. So it's a germicide. You can imagine if you took a 1,000 pounds of oregano from the mountains and you distilled it down to five pounds of oil, how acrid and potent that would be. And so that's what you're getting. You're getting the extract. And, of course, even for, like, irritable bowel, diarrhea, food poisoning, so all that stuff that happens in the winter intestinal flu, this is your number one remedy. Another book of yours is The Cure is in the Cupboard. Is that true? Everything can be cured in the cupboard? Lots. For example, turmeric. Nobody paid attention to it, but you hear about it now for inflammation. For example, cinnamon for blood sugar. We talked about oregano, thyme also. So sage uh, for the nerves and for the brain. We missed out. The spices in the cupboard uh, can be big medicines, and maybe that was the active ingredient in chicken soup, Not, not the chicken itself. It seems like, though, another one comes along and it goes away, and then there's another one. You mentioned turmeric. That was big for a while. Now it's oregano. So how do we know what really works? I would go to the uh, PubMed and look at the studies on uh, oil of oregano as a germicide. You will see 500 articles demonstrating, including mine in antiviral research, where we just we wiped out these viruses. And i tell you how you also know. Take a double-blind study. Take a couple of drops under the tongue and, you know, see how you get along. It's just oil of oregano, after all. So it's, it's again, spices. Been used since antiquity. Cinnamon uh, was traded for its weight in gold back in Roman times. Wild oregano was famous in medieval times for earache, sore throat, congestion, uh, and uh, bronchial and pneumonia. Hmm. It's coming back with a rage. 
you know, I can't help but think about cannabis, which is now legal here in Canada. And it essentially is just an herb as well, and we hear it's good for a lot of stuff. It is. Uh, cannabis, you know, I've got a book called the, the Cannabis Cure. I'd like to send you a copy. It's a great natural medicine for the nervous system. Hmm. It's fantastic for pain. That's why people have this marijuana cards. But what we don't realize is, the, uh, you know, when you take the extract like drops, ideal for anxiety, neurosis, schizophrenia, uh, manic depressive, even addictions. My book talks about how we wean people off of alcohol, marijuana itself, cocaine, uh, uh, pharmaceutical drugs. It makes you feel good. No wonder people smoked. And uh, so you don't, need the, you don't need the high or the low of the alcohol or the, the drugs. So, so it's got some value there. And even for neurological diseases like MS, seizures, of course, that's what made it famous. That's why the moms were pushing for medical marijuana and for uh, legalizing the extract. Mm-hmm. because the, it's helping in autism and seizures. Um, but uh, think of the children on all those medications and all the autistic children who benefit from what is basically an herb, like you said. And, Doc, how do we get your books? Uh, I would go to, like, A1 Nutrition or uh, Nutrition House locally, Borowski's, and, and they're good people. They'll order the book. Or uh, give us a call, and we'll ship it from Toronto, one 800 243 com for the Webster's. Uh, 1-800-243-5242. Study about the powers of wild oregano. It will get you through the winter, at least. Doctor, thank you. You betcha. That is uh, Dr. Cass Ingram, and uh, he has this book out, new book. He's got several books, as you heard, but he's got a new book out called Doctor's Guide to Wild Oregano Oil, 101 Uses. And now people are starting to weigh in on uh, the oregano oil. Right now, I want to play back for you some of these uh, interviews that Richard Clucci and Heather Steele did with the mayoralty, uh, the mayoral candidates. I always combine those two different words, the mayoral candidates. Let's start with Bowman. He's the incumbent. Here's what he had to say. This interview aired in its entirety this morning on Jeff Courier's show here on CJOB. But here is what Bowman had to say about Janice Lukes during his interview with us. She's already acclaimed. If yeah. you are lucky to win on Wednesday, yeah. are you going to give her a call and say it's time to sit down and work this out? Or are you just simply yeah. looking for your nine votes? No, I've already done that, and I've done that during the campaign. I, uh, I've reached out to her a couple weeks ago, asked her to meet. Uh, she, she didn't want to meet during the campaign. I uh, actually tried having lunch with her this week, and she declined. Um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll continue to, to, to reach out. I mean, we've got a lot of work to do in that ward, if given the chance. I mean, I'm the only mayoral candidate who's pledged to uh, to increase the funding for the Waverly West uh, Premier's concert. ward as well. That's his area. Which is He's great. looking to do some yeah, things out there. which is great. So what have you learned about yourself in the past? past four years. You came in and alienated the Chipmans pretty quickly. Now it seems that you're back on board with uh, one of Winnipeg's first families. What have you learned over that four years and your leadership style? You know what? I've uh, I've certainly learned... I've learned I've got thicker skin than I, I thought I had uh, because you do need thick skin. I mean, in the role, uh, it's if you want to affect positive change, it means disrupting the status quo. And I, I have tried to do that on things that I think will move the city forward, whether it's impact fees, whether it's uh, creating greater openness and transparency at City Hall. Uh, a number of things that I've, I've led on, even reconciliation. You know, not everybody's on board with with reconciliation. And so 
every time I speak uh, in favor of trying to build bridges between our Indigenous and non-Indigenous community, uh, there's a pushback and sometimes there's hate. And so, um, you know, the other thing is, you know, is just watching uh, the manner in which you communicate. And so, you know, you talk about uh, 220 Carlton, and the one thing I learned from there is 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 uh, the language that I used. I think I over-torqued it a little bit at the time, and that didn't help. Uh, certainly, that was exacerbated by the media as well. Uh, I'm not looking at you, Richard, but, you know, that's, well, I am, but, you know, it, you know, that's something that I, I learned. Uh, also picking up the phone a little bit more. I mean, uh, you know, Mark and many others in the community and I are, are getting really good work done together uh, for the city. And uh, and that's the job as, as mayor. Mayor Brian Bowman from Jeff Career's show this morning, talking to our Richard Kluge and Heather Steele. Glad to hear that he plans, if he's mayor again, to sit down and chat with Janice Luke, something he hasn't done for a couple of years. According to Luke, she's been on our air several times talking about that. Here's Jenny Malkaluk. She's also running for mayor. She would be Bowman's main opponent. Here's what she has to say about costing out her promises. But is there a number that you can associate with your tax increase, the freezes, that people can understand, okay, this is the magic number of my promises. I haven't seen that number. Well, there is, there is no magic number of the promises, as I've said, right? But what I do know is that we have identified different funding sources for the other projects. You know, when we talk about the transit plan, for example, by switching our transit plan to electric buses, what we do is we open up a whole nother pot of infrastructure funds that are available from the federal government that we otherwise wouldn't be able to access for our transit plan. So there is funding, infrastructure funding for big city transit from the province and the feds, and we can use that. But because we're going to go all electric, we can also leverage the green infrastructure funding that's available, which is going to, in effect, make the burden on Winnipegers way less in terms of a percentage of that project. And let's face it, you know, the eastern leg of the Rapid Transit Corridor is also going to be approximately the same amount of money as transforming the fleet. And what I'm saying is if we have a choice, which I think we do, I'm presenting the choice that I think most Winnipegers would appreciate. Transit runs through Portage and Maine. We're going to find out in a week's time how divisive that issue is yeah. and where Winnipegers stand on it. You've been a very vocal critic saying there are other things that we need to do, better projects to focus on. Is there any scenario with you as mayor where you see Portage and Maine opening to pedestrians? Look, if I become the mayor of Winnipeg and Winnipegers vote to open Portage and Maine, then I will have an obligation to take a hard look at what is the best way to achieve that objective. But I think the question, part of the problem that Winnipegers have with the whole conversation is just the lack of real information about the project. You know, it seems every day there's a new announcement that comes out saying, oh, well, there's something about the membrane and the waterproofing, or there's something about this and something about that. And nobody has presented to us what the real facts are when it comes to opening Portage in Maine. And so today, if we don't know how much it's going to cost, we don't know exactly who's going to be participating in those costs. And we don't know all of all of the real impact of opening it to pedestrians. So for me, if you need an answer from me right now, the answer is no. A few minutes of Jenny Malkalock answering questions from Rich Cur- uh, uh, Richard Cluche. Got my couriers and my Cluches mixed up there. <laughs> Richard Cluche and Heather Steele. One more mayoral candidate to go, Tim Dyack. And he was asked... Are you running for mayor or chief of police? So are you running to be mayor of Winnipeg or to be chief of police? Never the chief of police. But you sound like, and you're very passionate about police issues and you know a lot about it. 
and frankly, you get bored with the other stuff. You're very, very hyper on crime, and you have solutions for crime. So I ask you, are you running for police chief here, or are you running for mayor? But this isn't new. What I've done is I brought these concerns up to my chief of police, who I follow a rank structure, and I had lengthy, lengthy uh, conversations with Devon over the years. I've, I've known him for 30 years. Danny Smite's dad taught me how to shoot a revolver as a, as a young police cadet. I've known these guys. They're approachable. You talk to them, and they give me the same answers. The political will is missing. I can't get answers from City Hall. So I am not trying to replace the chief of police. I am not trying to take over anybody's job. But you're the police association's candidate? No. No, you'll never see the police association coming out and endorsing. I don't believe in unions endorsing. The individual who's running, uh, it, it's, it's unfortunate that special interest in unions still has influence. And I could go on and on, and it doesn't paint me as a good guy. But no, you can't be... Uh, beholden to a secret agenda. It has to be all open and transparent. And to be genuine that way, I don't want the backers of builders, uh, of corporations, of unions, or special interest groups. You listen to all of them, you sit and talk to them, but you must remain objective. As soon as I start showing up with all these people, I mean, I just got a Liberal Party endorsement yesterday, which I didn't expect, and it's like, you know, do I corral those people and say, hey, come on over and, and, and endorse me on these things? No. These, the things that I bring forward, I don't want a different color t-shirt on. They're not orange, blue, or no t-shirt. They're not libertarian, they're not uh, NDP, they're not labor. They're done because of the right things and they're a practical application of the resources we collect from the city. Citizens deserve to have measurable progress, not party ideals. That's why the province and that's where the feds come in. The mayor himself should be a hands-on guy, somebody who's had experience in the city, knows all the corners, been in the houses. So a police officer, a social worker, somebody with a firefighter, paramedic, somebody who sees the ugly dark side and still gets up to meet the challenge. I've got a, a unique perspective. I'm, I'm in the point, a twilight of my career where I could retire. I've been knocked down a few times. I get back up and it's a unique spot where the chief of police has publicly stated the future looks bleak. Well, I have children and friends and family. I don't know you two, but I'd like you to have a good city. And I'm going to step up and I'm going to take a shot at it, but not to win. I mean, if I win, that's a byproduct of me actually getting enough air time and people paying attention or staying awake long enough to hear what I have to say. I'm going to win, or I'm going to have an impact, and I think I did when we looked at the polling on crime and methamphetamine. And you're right. Boy, I'm passionate about it. Well, come out and see what I see. Tim Dyack, 30-year beat cop in Point Douglas running for mayor. And as promised, Jeff Career on uh, these mayoral interviews that were on his show. Makalak Bowman and Dyack. I pulled Jeff aside during a break in his show during one of the newscasts, and I asked Jeff to weigh in on these interviews and to tell me what you were telling him about these three candidates for mayor. Well, the the audience reaction today, Hal, was very much pro-Motkaluk. Oh, generally speaking, not overwhelmingly, but, but generally speaking, Jenny Motkaluk has got some support out there. Yeah. And we've certainly seen that with polling, not scientific, yeah. but snapshots that we've taken at our website, cjob.com. She seems very strong. Yeah, she does. And, and I think this is perhaps, I, I think at the start of this campaign, it looked like it was going to be, well, a, a snoozer and that Brian Bowman was going to win 
re-election easily. Now, he may still get re-elected, but yeah. based on our audience response, that it's going to be tight. Well, and on all the polling, we've seen very high undecided numbers. So if those people come out, I mean, it looks yeah. like Bowman's going to get re-elected, but you never know. Well, no, it, again, it depends on the voter turnout. You know, the old uh, cliche is, you know, how you win elections? Well, you get more votes than the other candidate. Yeah. So, and, and all that comes down to election day. Can you get your ID'd supporters out to the polls? That's really what it's all about. You heard the interviews with Makaluk Bowman and Dyack that Rich and uh, Heather did. Your sense of how they handled the questions from the two of them? I think they all did pretty well. I, I think you know Tim Dyack's weakness will be that he, uh, as, as Richard kind of put it to him, that that he is kind of a, a, a narrow focus mm-hmm. candidate. That a lot of the other the big issues, the financial issues, the the property tax issues, and that sort of thing uh, are maybe a little bit outside his general interest. Mm-hmm. Jenny Montaluk, I think, has got a pretty good grasp of a, of a lot of the issues that are out there. Whether or not you approve of her solutions, uh, that's something the voters have to decide but she and, and Bowman uh, has been playing I don't want to say he's been playing rope-a-dope but he has not run an aggressive campaign there have been a lot of promises it's hey let's steer the course I'm the guy who's in control of this thing uh, let's not shake things up at this point yeah, and we've said this before but we'll say it again the council races themselves might be the most interesting uh, matchups to watch yeah I think so Hal because it, whoever gets elected mayor is going to need enough people on council who will be prepared to support that agenda otherwise it, it's almost like having a minority government if you don't have enough council support Hal Anderson Afternoons, the podcast, is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.